listener production. Coffee for one, through your headphones whenever you feel like it. Even in the afternoon or after dinner. Say it again, it keeps me awake. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Just getting ready to go to bed, Alex Dyson. I'm sitting on the edge oh, of the bed. You've got a podcast to do. Oh, no, this was last night. Oh. I'm plugging my phone in, you know, setting the alarm, etc. And just about to turn off the lights when I notice something crawling from under the bed over to my little clothes basket. Mate, this isn't Matt and Alex all day spook fest. <laughs> I know. Well, I got a little bit of a shock until I realized it was just a little, little gecko. Oh! I know, and I kept trying to pick it up with some paper, and, and it wouldn't it wouldn't walk onto the paper so that I could get it rid of it. Hmm. Um, so I ended up having to get a pair of undies and sort of catch it in the undies. I know, as if it hadn't Mate, suffered enough. Animal cruelty. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> Putting it in your undies. My undies That's... or their undies? <laughs> just any undies. <laughs> so just my were they undies. Clean undies at least? <laughs> they were the ones from the dirty clothes no! basket. No! Oh, what? I'm. I'm not going to use clean undies to catch a gecko, mate. This isn't a metaphor. All right, this actual gecko, this is an actual lizard in my room. I just grabbed it with the undies and I chucked it outside and it crawled away. So it should be thanking me for getting that close to my business. All right. (laughs) Dear, oh dear. I hope it wasn't a drop tail lizard. Yeah, I know. I really should check next time I'm putting them on. Don't want any remnants. Um, let us know. How have you caught an animal in your bed? Um, <laughs> at matt.and.alex. Uh, we got a big show, though. <laughs> we do. We're going to be solving a few issues. Yeah, that's right. A few life issues that you might want to, uh, you know, you might be experiencing. We're both going to be delving into those. Uh, some news came out about a singer recently who's in a bit of hot water. We will be... Uh, investigating that and maybe shining a lot on some of uh, the more historical moments that similar things have happened. So, chuck on your gecko smugglers. Let's get into it. It's Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. My friend was telling me the other day, Matt, that they they, they saw someone feeding some pigeons, mm. which is, you know, always good. It's like the woman in Mary Poppins. What were they feeding the pigeons with? Bread? I don't know. They were throwing out a few matokine grandkids, I think. <laughs> a few crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> few. Well, I mean, I used to feed the ducks down at the, uh, the you know, local park. But, um, you know, they say you're not supposed to feed them bread. That's all. No, I know. That has come to light, hasn't it? No, I don't be doing that. But said it was weird because at one point, you know, they're obviously just jumping up on their lap and then the person grabbed the pigeon and put it in their bag. What? Yeah. Someone someone kidnapped a pigeon from the park. Yeah, I think kidnapped the pigeon. It was a pigeon napping. So so let me just let me just clarify this. Someone was feeding the pigeons. Yep. Then somebody near them just walked up, no, grabbed no, the No, them. They were using the feed as bait. Oh, oh so wait, your friend was watching someone feed a pigeon. Yep. Then the person just picked up the pigeon and walked away. Put it in their bag. Put it in a bag. Away they went. And I'm not sure if it's related to the news story that came out over the weekend. In mm. India, a pigeon was released. I'm not sure if it's the same pigeon, same incident. Released after eight months because it was uh, thought to be, potentially be a Chinese spy. 
Oh, so this is how they recruit them. Indian police cleared a suspected Chinese spy pigeon after eight months in detention, released it into the wild on Tuesday. The pigeon's ordeal began in May last year and was captured near a port in Mumbai with two rings tied to its legs, carrying words that appeared to be Chinese. Um, now, this is quite incredible. Because um, I don't know if you could get a... Could animals be spies? I mean, it's a really good question. How would you... I mean, one, how do you interrogate a pigeon? Like, we have ways of making you coo. (laughs) (laughs) Like, at what point, how are they getting any info from that pigeon? They're like this, bob bob your head (laughs) if you're a spy. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) it's doing it. It confessed. It confessed. (laughs) Um, So I thought it was just an amazing story. And it was within 0.8 seconds that I shotgun... Um, the, to be making the phone call because we, it's true. We, we managed to track down the pigeon, No, the Chinese no, pigeon spy. No, we didn't. It's just been released. We have them on the phone. Um, <laughs> um no, no we didn't. <laughs> well, the question is, oh, I was like, I... say one thing that a Chinese pigeon would say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if there is a logical loophole that would allow me to be a Chinese pigeon that isn't culturally insensitive. Yeah. How would one do it? Because it's not like we haven't been cancelled over the goat goat and I'm not Jamaican. No. You know, so, I mean, I, you know. I was, I was a French bed bug at one point um, and the French haven't protested, even though they're protesting a fair bit at the moment. They're dropping manure on the front of police stations in France. The farmers are angry. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't know. Because also, because this is our podcast, it's not like we're taking away jobs from Chinese pigeons. (laughs) Like, I can understand. It's not like, it's not like a blackface situation where it's like, oh, well, you're mocking. You should be giving those jobs to black people. It's like, there's no way you'd get a real Chinese pigeon here. Yeah. To do it. Or getting Sean Penn to be an I am Sam. No, exactly. Well, I think is if it's like, hello, Chinese pigeon, you'd go Shanghai. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's as far as I got. <laughs> you were going down that road. See, I was going down a way. Okay. So you've thought about this more than me. See, I was just sprung on it. <laughs> yeah, because so, I just wanted uh, to stitch you up. I was just going straight to the Chinese version of the pigeon. Yeah. You know what okay. pops up on my TikTok sometimes is um, Trey Parker and Matt's Stone, the South Park guys who mm. just have Chinese and Japanese characters in their show all the time. And they do. Do the they do it? And, yeah. Do they do the voices? Yeah. I mean, he's the guy that, guy that owns the, the city walk, <laughs> which is pronounced yeah. shitty walk. Okay. So that's, so they do that. I got a bloody billion dollars from Paramount <laughs> for their show. <laughs> so Are I you mean, telling me I, I should be the Chinese doing it. <laughs> <laughs> We're missing out, man. <laughs> I should be the Chinese pigeon. You should, buddy, well, be the, buddy, get your Chinese New Year celebrations together and be a pigeon. It's the year of the Madokine pigeon. <laughs> um, what Lunar New, New Year's? I think it's the dragon this year, actually. I think that's the year I was born in. Well, Frank Azaria hung up the boots to be, a, you know, being a poo. Because <laughs> he was saying this is offensive. Sorry. Uh, yes, I know what you're talking about now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He was saying it's a, oh, you know, I, I feel like I've taken away from, mm. 
you know, a, a real Indian voice actor, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and so so that, but Matt Stone and Trey Parker, they're just, they're just going under their radar. Tell you what, you can build a, build a pretty good shield with a billion dollars. No one, no radar's yeah. picking that up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should Maybe get a Chinese it. pigeon on the line. All right. Um, Matt and Alex stepping out into uncharted waters now. Um, we've got the Chinese spy pigeon on the line. Hello, Chinese spy pigeon. Okay. That didn't work, and we're going to be moving on with the show. Um, sorry, Link, bring in the kerosene. We're going to burn that footage. Thank you. Cheers for that. Well, Matt, it can be a confusing world to try and figure out what's appropriate, what's not, what's a good idea, what's a bad idea. So we thought right now we'd uh, pop the question out for you. Anything you were uncertain of, you can ask Matt and Alex and we can be the arbiters and just let you know exactly how you should be living your life. Can you hear me, Alex? Alex, can I ask you a question? It's called Ask Alex. Yeah, that's right. Usually Alex Dyson is here to answer your big questions about love, life, relationships, but we thought we'd uh, do a little bit of a petty edition today. Just tiny little things, like single answer questions as to what we should be doing. Um, And Angus has got in touch, uh, first and foremost. Daylight savings. I think it's dumb. My sister loves it. Well, I'm the one who's living in a uh, non-daylight savings world out of us, Alex Dyson. Non-practicing. I think you are, Brisbane is further east than Melbourne, and yet you are an hour behind me <laughs> in life at the moment. Yeah, sometimes it feels like more than an hour, Alex Dyson. Um, you know what? I've, I've moved here. I've made my bed. I'm going to sleep in it. Yeah, until 4 a.m. when yeah, the sun's exactly. coming through the curtains. Who needs daylight saving when you can wake up before the birds? I'm pro daylight savings. I'm sorry to say, Angus, pro daylight savings. Um, it is really nice. Like when it's about 8.30 and you can go, let's just go for a walk. I went for a, it was really warm in Melbourne over the weekend. Go for a walk to the park, 8 o'clock, 8.30 at night. Absolutely delightful. I was talking to a cab driver. He says, I finish about seven, get home, take the kids out for a play for about an hour in the local playground. It's mm. packed with kids as he gets to work and see the family. I mean, come on. Why wouldn't you like it? When it's something we can all, you just agree on what time it is, why don't make it the best time you can? Yeah. Yeah. Get out more, you know, instead of closing the restaurants at 8.30, get another hour. So, sorry, Angus, uh, your sister is correct. Daylight savings is good. Rachel, my boyfriend fights with his mate about whether it's common to drink a glass of milk. I've been having a, you know what I've been getting stuck into recently? I bought it for Sophia and she doesn't like it. And so I've just been absolutely ravishing it. Most weekends. Um, what, mashed pumpkin or something? <laughs> bit of Milo. Nice cup of Milo oh, on a Saturday are. or Sunday morning. Just you, you do love a bit of that. Oh, love it, mate. Um, but in, in, as far as a, just a drink, a glass of milk goes, sometimes I'll have a little glass of milk. Most of the time when I had glasses of milk growing up, I don't mind them, but at, at one point when there's like nothing to snack on in the cupboard, I'm like, well, I'll have a glass of milk. That'll make me feel a little bit ill and not feel like eating. Um, mm. <laughs> so it's useful in that way. And I really liked, I was watching Love on the Spectrum over the weekend mm. and it was great. It was the couple in um, Africa and one of them had a glass of wine, the other one had a glass of milk. Bob's your uncle. It was great. 
I, I remember my friend um, growing up, he used to have the big, the, the family used to put the two litre bottle on the, on the dinner table. Everyone was tucking into the milk. Well, I would say if you're having quite a hot curry, that might be a good, a good nah, didn't matter. thing on the, the, beef on the table to have. The beef didn't matter. The roast, just a big two-litre. I mean, all the boys, the teenage boys, they were rowing. I don't think they could get enough stuff into them. Would you, if you're going to like a dinner party, could you bring around a, a two-litre milk instead of a, a wine? Um, yeah, I would. I wouldn't bring. I wouldn't bring a f- fine bottle of like vintage milk to the party. Hey, why not? <laughs> um, uh, Rach, I would say it's not common, but it's fine. Drink whatever you want. Flip uh, says whippersnippers, then mow the lawn, and or mow then whippersnip. Me and my dad disagree strongly. I would say you mow first, then tidy it up with the whippersnipper. Of course, when you go to the hairdresser. Do they pull out the little fine trimmer and do around your ears and then bloody go the rest of it? No. That is a surprisingly good point. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You do the big jobs first and you clean it up. Yeah, then you tidy around the edges. Yeah, exactly. Um, Benji says, I argue about the color of the soft drink Solo. What is it to argue about? It's yellow. What what else could it be? (laughs) I've never... Never thought of it as any other way. And if you tell me it's another color right now, I am going to be full Mandela affected. Well, the closest could be like what, orange or brown? Unless it's clear, but surely not. He said cream or yellow. Cream? Is it cream or yellow? I'm going to go with yellow. (laughs) It's yellow. Is that because the label is yellow and we're just thinking that it's yellow as a result? It is an interesting, you know, you do make an interesting point. When you look at Solo just in a cup, it does. Mm. Well, something about labeling something so watery and bubbly as creamy, just it doesn't seem like it's the right thing to do. And lemons are yellow, you know, lemons aren't cream colored. So like when you squeeze lemon juice into a cup, is that? Cream coloured? I don't know if you could say. I think he's going to have to go with yellow. Sorry, Benji. Although, I did just Google cream. And I have to tell you, there is a dark cream and a yellow cream, which really could be in the 150 Shades of Cream chart by creativebooster.net. The dark cream looks a lot like Solo. All right, Benji, you're you're welcome to call it dark cream from now on. Uh, Ash says, should it be pronounced oriented or orientated? God, that could be a bit above our pay grade. So if this table is orientated towards the windows or this table is oriented towards the windows. So it's it's British and American spelling differently. Is that what it is? So the two countries pronounce it differently? Yeah, oriented is American. Um, orientated is proper English, British. All right. Going to go with that one because I put use in favored and color. So I'm going to stick with the British on this. Oriented. Orientated. Orientated. There we go. <laughs> um, and Miranda says there's a long running disagreement in my friend group about the feasibility of putting a gin distillery on a boat. Now, <laughs> I did see on Facebook marketplace, someone was selling a houseboat recently for about 200 K. You could... Well, the feasibility. I don't know why you couldn't put one on a boat. I guess it'd be getting quite heavy, you know, the amount of liquid in the tanks on the boat. 
You wouldn't want your gin distillery to sink. They were going to put a gin distillery on top of Mount Kutha in Brisbane. Really? The plans to put a restaurant and gin distillery and everything up there. But it was going to block the views from the heritage-listed rotunda mm. that sits atop no, I can't the, block the uh, mountain. So, <laughs> yep, can't move forward. Um, God forbid. <laughs> you wanted it up there. <laughs> Mate, it's Mate, a pristine mountain. Why are you doing the it's private crap. bit? Why is a private oh, business yeah. get to take the land up there? No, we better not change anything ever. That's good. That's how you grow. Bloody old rotunda. Matt, you'd want to get up the top of Everest and have a little <laughs> venti latte from a Starbucks up there, mate. You're unbelievable. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. You want, you'd want to go into the, the pyramids. Oh, <laughs> God forbid we have a cable car up to Everest. You'd want some craft IPAs getting brewed <laughs> in the pyramids. <laughs> Damn straight, I would. Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, brute and Carmen. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you'd want, mate. Unbelievable. <laughs> no, nothing is sacred anymore from you. All right. Um, okay. On a boat, sure, but just get an engineer and check the weights. I'd do it. Well, yeah, I don't understand why you couldn't put a gin distillery on the boat. Is it because the water would be too heavy? I don't know. Maybe it's, whether it's a boat on a river or the ocean, people put, you know, cruise liners out there. We could put a gin distillery on one of those. Surely, sure. right? All right. Well, whatever it is, if you do it, give us a go. Yeah. Right? Let if you us do know, do it, please. let us know. We'll, <laughs> we'll come and sample whether it's a good idea or not. <laughs> All right. Um, all right. Well, that's it. That's the end of this segment. Now you know how to live a little bit better. Thanks to All Day Breakfast. Well, Matt, uh, when we used to work on a radio station that played a whole heap of music, it was mm. impressed upon us to just be relatively conscious of how the songs and the titles of the songs could be interpreted when it came to current events and particularly, you know, serious events and tragedies. You know, a notable example of this is when there was a, um, around sort of the summer bushfires, mm. um, a lot of people got together to play a big benefit for the victims are now a very big band at the time who happened to be in the country were Kings of Leon. And there was a, a little bit of um, chatter as to whether they'd play their biggest song at that time, which was called Sex on Fire. And whether that yes. was appropriate for a bushfire recovery benefit. Do you know how that, that played out, by the way? Did they do it? They didn't play it. They didn't? No, they didn't. I did get an inside rumour. Well, it's... I heard relatively firsthand from someone who was there and was mixing the concert and heard one of the members of Kings of Leon say, oh, F it, let's, let's just play it. And they were like, They were nah, going to do it. Potentially. Ooh. Um, that's what I recall hearing at the time. It, they might have ended up in the same situation as Demi Lovato has just ended up in a couple of days ago. I'm getting in a little bit of trouble, a bit of backlash for uh, performing one of her songs. It's a very popular one of her songs. Um, just potentially at the wrong event, Alex Dyson. Yeah, she was uh, performing at the American Heart Association uh, annual Go Red for Women Red Dress Collection concert in Sydney. Um, people found it not particularly tasteful, 
from afar that for a, well, this tweet sort of sums it up. Demi Lovato singing Heart Attack at an event for women with cardiovascular problems. Goodbye, um, says Anwar on X, formerly known as Twitter there. Now, as always, people love to pile on, love a bit of backlash. Uh, Demi has since said, listen, before I played the song, I explained to everyone why I was playing this particular song. It had context. Um, I myself have had a heart attack. It's part of the inspiration for this particular thing. Well, she said that she's, yeah, she had a heart attack. She's had three strokes after a 2018 drug overdose that nearly killed her. Um, she said, she said to the audience, quote, uh, celebrity.9.com.au, while my next song is about the intense feelings that come with falling in love as well as heartbreak, opening yourself up, taking risks and not being afraid to do it again. This song has many parallels for me, my journey and a reminder for all of us in the room, just how strong the mind heart body connection truly is. Mm. Anyway, it, when you, when you're just seeing it, you're not, you're not thinking about it. It's like, is it appropriate? It's, it's pretty, you know, it depends. People getting outraged on behalf of the people in the room, don't have to do that. If you were, no. if you were a bit like, oh, this is no good while well, you're in the room, fair, fair play to you. But of course, Matt, it's not the first time an artist has got in hot water for coming along to perform at these kind of events. Oh, and in fact, we've managed to dig up a list of the worst instances uh, where, yeah, someone's got in trouble for their oh. musical performance at a, at a, you know, a conference or, you know. Absolutely. This has been a real, this is a very real list as well. And it, it, you've never heard of it because we did the digging. Uh, we, we the artists, are, ex- they, they try to bury this stuff. They no, don't want they, this news getting out. Cause we saw that no. Debbie got slammed. All right. So oh, obviously yeah. it's been wiped from the internet, but we've managed to track down uh, a few examples of the past when music performances have gone wrong. I mean, who could forget when Khalees played her hit milkshake at the Australian lactose intolerance convention. Oh, it was almost a riot, wasn't it? <laughs> Left a very bad taste in their mouth. <laughs> Brought all the boys in blue to the yard at the end of that riot. <laughs> Jesus. Um, what about when Gwen Stefani, singing Hollaback Girl, at the um, annual gathering for the Society for the Advancement of Plantains? I mean, they're sick of <laughs> Bernardas getting all the, all the credit, no, yet suddenly terrible. Gwen in the middle of it. I mean, really spelling it out to them as well. Really smelling out to their love for bananas there. Um, who could forget when Freddie Mercury and Queen offended everyone at the hay fever sufferers convention by singing another one bites the dust. Oh, they really choked up at that one. Not a dry eye in the house. <laughs> yeah, uh, it wasn't good when NSYNC went along to the guild of people who are exclusively attracted to men or women, and they came along and sung Bye Bye Bye. I mean, that was disastrous. <laughs> no, I know, I know. And um, there was just such backlash when, when Bob Marley uh, sang his hit No Woman, No Cry at the Australian Incel Convention. Oh boy. Yeah, hit, hit close to home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially you changed the words, no woman cry a lot. Um, <laughs> that was rough. And who could forget when Guns N' Roses decided to play Welcome to the Jungle at the uh, gathering for sufferers of genital baldness. That was really rough. Particularly as they weren't the only band on the bill afterwards. Um, the singers of the song Glycerine played. <laughs> of course. 
as we know their name is Bush. <laughs> it's quite a hairy situation. Ironically. <laughs> we done there? All right, we're oh, done. Oh, <laughs> okay, that's the end of the show. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been another Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hope you have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Bye-bye. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.